0: Welcome back to and Vaccine. I'm Steve, and joining me, it's Adam Myros. Uh, hello, Steve. I, I don't want you to call me Steve, uh, actually. I, I would prefer if you referred to me as uh, official Milwaukee County Circuit Court uh, jury foreman, Steve.
1: Oh, you I feel- wasn't expecting a, a jury duty open. I was expecting you to yeah. uh, accuse me of standing in children's closets or some shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to accuse you of being a child molester later. That's that's, you know, that's going to come. There's a lot of pods
2: still to go, Adam.
0: <laughs> yeah, like 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 I can go a whole hour without publicly calling you a child molester. Come on. Uh, also, Jack is here. I am here, yeah, for uh, the the great uh,
2: boogie versus bogey debate.
0: Yeah, that's that's what we're here for. Are you a double O or a single O boogie bogey guy? It, it, you know, it's, you got to draw a line in the fucking sand, man. What side are you on?
2: Yeah, it feels wrong even with two O's to go boogie, but I mean, his, that boogie's taken by something better,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah. Not like, scary. I mean, bogeyman i i don't even i don't like that one either because it's like yeah I'm, i don't know i guess because you're like the like a like in the military it's like it's a bogey it's an enemy so you're the enemy man that makes sense man that's just like you know i've had a few drinks and my song comes on and and there i am you know i'm like a, i'm like the guy at the end of Saltburn just fucking dick out dancing around the house that's I'll a preview to next week <laughs> yeah, yeah a little yeah, teaser I, there I, for you
1: it, it it boogeyman is definitely like in the bg's realm for me you know mm-hmm.
2: right i mean you're it's, like... it's it's not like closet related yeah no, if I'm, I'm
1: if i'm making a horror movie i'm going bogey but apparently i'm in the minority mm-hmm. because uh, there is an area horror film called uh called the bogeyman it, it's all boogie. yeah yeah it's
2: it's really unfortunate I well, think America
1: has fucked this one up as with LinkedIn. Yeah, it, it yeah. Is this boogie is this
2: Man. Stephen King? What was the, the the King short story? Is that Boogie?
1: It is Boogie.
2: That's That's yeah, bo- uh, probably King's fault. I mean he wrote it down and everyone just followed him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a
1: lot of uh, pop culture where it's boogie because Boogie is, is sort of the more American version, I suppose. Uh there yeah, 'cause uh Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters cartoon, one of the one of the prominent threads was Boogie Man as well. So I think mm-hmm. it's kind of ingrained mm-hmm. in a lot of a
0: uh, yeah a lot of into our brains unfortunately. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I I just I think a boogie I think of a good time. So it's it's terrible that the most generic monster name of all time and all these generic films are sadly saddled with uh, that spelling. But well, what can you do? Uh, but before we get into it, do you guys do you want to do you want to hear about my my harrowing uh experience as a as a juror? I, 20. 20. I thought you were going to talk about bo- your
1: harrowing experience
0: with the boogeyman. <laughs> with, the, with, with the boogeyman? No, yeah. The, uh, the boogeyman is called the American legal system, all right? Uh, let me tell you about if it. If only we could hold him up in front of a jury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just stand in front of a jury your peers. It's so fucked up. All I want to say is, like, if you're listening to this, hope to God that you never commit a crime and you have to have a trial by jury, because... Uh, the thing they don't tell you is like okay yeah it's a it's a jury of your peers so this is a just a slice of of the average american right and but the problem is is like the average person is dumb as fuck um i i personally think that i'm a a big idiot i'm a big drooling fucking moron and let me tell you about how i got elected jury foreman well first of all how did i get on the fucking jury they bring like 30 people into this room and then they start asking you questions like it's you know oh When is the last time you like did a hate crime against a black person? And you're like, Oh, I haven't done one of those. So they're like, okay, you can stay go on and on and on. And then they get to a question and keep in mind, I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. Wisconsin in general, Milwaukee specifically, it is a, a city. It is a state full of drunk lunatics. If you Google like drunkest cities in America, it's just Wisconsin. It's all 10 are just Wisconsin cities. Anyway, So they asked, they go, has anyone here had a DUI? And literally half the room raised their hands. Half the fucking room. (laughs) (laughs) So I got elected to a jury because I'm like one of the few people left in the city of Milwaukee who hasn't gotten dinged for drunk driving. Also, that's funny, too, because it's kind of hard to get a DUI in the city. Like, you got to fucking work for it because uh, one, if it's after 10 p.m., 80 percent of the people on the road are drunk. And two, like, it's this place where more likely than not a cop's going to be like, well, you only had six. uh, Yeah, just just take her on home. Then be careful. (laughs) So the idea that you got one, it's like, okay, you fucking work for it. And then I I, eventually I was I was uh, elected as the jury foreman. And why would you let someone like me be the jury foreman? And again, I I think it's because a lot of these people are real fucking dumb. And to give you a little more insight too, the other thing they ask you is they go around, they go, okay, like, what what's your job? Are you married? If you are married, what is your spouse's job? And, you know, do you have any unique hobbies? Basically, they want to know if like, I don't know, your wife is a cop and you collect Nazi memorabilia or whatever. Right. And they're going around. And most people, it's just like mundane shit, whatever. And this one fucking guy who got picked for the fucking jury. He's like, yeah, I'm a blah blah blah. And uh I'm I'm not married, but you know, I'm I'm starting to date again and things are going pretty well. <laughs> like, who fucking cared? That's not an official fucking court record for some guy's case that you're yeah. starting to date again. Like I give a fine fuck. So he made the jury. But anyways, I got elected foreman because uh in the charges. What are the charges? Well, so the charges were uh driving on a revoked license, um tampering with or circumventing a car interlock device, which is like a car breathalyzer, uh being over the legal limit for alcohol consumption while operating motor vehicle and then OWI. Okay. Um now I got elected jury foreman because I, I didn't say fucking anything, and then at one point they were like reading the charges, and no one in the room knew what the word circumvent meant. So I had to like, <laughs> so I was like, it means this, and I explained the word, and they're like, oh, and then someone's just like, well, you should be jury foreman. I'm like, and I should I should not be jury foreman just because I knew one word, and then, and then another lady said, no, but you look like a jury foreman. What the fuck does that mean?
2: That's that's uh, the the whiteness of the American legal system going right? back. Look at this; it's reasserting itself over and over again.
0: So, yeah. Oh, you need a uh, a white guy in his 30s to tell you how things are supposed to be. Let me tell you. Um, yeah. So that was fucking weird. Got elected foreman, but good news, my guy got off <laughs> on most of the charges. So he he actually he made the bold decision to take the stand. Awesome. Uh, and the only reason we had to convict him on driving without a license and circumventing the breathalyzer thing is because he sat on the stand and just admitted to doing that. Which good for you. Uh, but then also, he was four times the legal limit. Actually, more than four times legal limit. He was like 0. 0.34 or something, which fucking rules. Like, That's can like you imagine dead. even yeah. functioning? I know. No. It's like what is dead. Because, like, how do you fucking do that? Uh, So, yeah, this guy kicks ass. And the reason he got off on the OWI is because... So his car, it was parked, like, facing the wrong way, kind of, like, up on the sidewalk, and he was just passed out in the driver's seat. Uh, And this is one of those cases, too, where you're like, oh, he absolutely fucking did this. Like, there's no doubt in my mind he was driving around, like, fucking wasted. Uh, But the problem is, is the fucking cops lied on the police report and then there's body cam footage that showed that they were lying and they couldn't find the fucking car keys ever so like there's oh, no that's... indication that the car was ever running <laughs>
2: that's one of the first things that i ever learned thankfully in uh, going to college in america which didn't actually apply to me because i didn't have a car but as uh, some other people had learned first thing you do if you were sleeping drunk in your car is you at least throw the keys in the back Mm-hmm. You do not yep. leave
0: them in the ignition. You do not have them on your person. You yeah. throw them yeah. in the back seat. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, I mean, you know, given this guy's history with the car breathalyzer at all uh, and, and just his general demeanor, you're like, all right, this is an old pro. He definitely was driving around. Uh, the body cam footage also kicked ass because in the police report, the cops were like, uh, Mr. So and so tried to leave the scene several times to escape, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, cool. So we get to watch this footage and he's going to like run from the cops or something. And the whole time with the footage, he's like answering all their questions, totally coherent, standing up straight. I just want to fucking applaud for this amazing drunk man who was able to keep his shit together. And he never, he never fucking runs. The only time is at one point, the fucking cop is like, "Um, yeah, let me just talk to the fireman over here really quick. And the, the drunk guy is just like, okay, can I grab my sandwich from the car? And he takes like three steps towards the car. The cop's like, no, don't move. <laughs> like that, that was the cop saying he tried to run away multiple times because he was four times the legal limit and wanted his fucking sandwich. I so mean, we've all been this, there, right? You, you, yeah, we've you want all that fucking sandwich. been there. Yeah, exactly. No. Uh,
1: you don't eat I, that I, yeah, sandwich. It's going to be worse off in the morning.
0: I know the cops, obviously, honestly, do you want this dude to fucking like puke in your squad car? Like let him have the fucking sandwich. Yeah. unbelievable so yeah due to uh police misconduct uh and you know uh d- me just trying to get home by dinner uh he was he was acquitted on, on two out of four charges so god bless america fuck jury duty
1: <laughs> see if they, if there were uh you know if they paid you a little better you could have just gone full 12 angry men and demanded he be acquitted on all
0: charges. oh dude if if i got like like a, a reasonable daily rate phew, I would have gone full 12 angry men. I would have been there for weeks. Because it, <laughs> this is the fucking crazy thing. They give you uh they give you like nine dollars a day. Nine dollars. And they're like, this is to pay for parking and lunch. <laughs> and, and l- where and are you getting lunch? lunch for nine bucks nowadays? I don't know, but I I took the fucking bus because the bus is two dollars, and but like to park at the courthouse, it's twenty dollars. So that ain't that ain't doing it. And then I, I went to the cafeteria for lunch and uh, I, I got a I got a salad and that salad was ten dollars and ninety nine cents. Then I had to buy a, you know, like a soda and some other shit. And I was like what the fuck? So I guess you could like brown bag it and take the bus and then bank three dollars. I, I
1: don't yeah, know. It, it's a great system that encourages anyone who's trying to, uh, you know, earn a livelihood to. Uh, yeah. Scheme their way out of serving. As exactly, security. it's really good. I mean,
0: thankfully, like I have a salary job, so I'm fucking fine. But yeah, like what if you're working hourly at like Walgreens or something? or, like, come on in, you piece of shit. What the <laughs> it's fuck? Crappy, like, yeah, the,
2: uh- a jury of your peers is basically just a group of people who do don't either don't have jobs or or just want to hang out in a courtroom for no money all day because yeah, it's or, better are, than the
1: too, alternative. Incompetent to, uh, too incompetent to uh talk their way out of <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's
0: sure. the thing is just like when i say that like everyone in the room was dumb i'm including myself because clearly i couldn't get out of there i yeah. should have when they were like yeah when was the last time you did a hate crime and i'd be like what day is it you know i, I think it was yesterday but it could have been two days ago i should have said something like that but i didn't i didn't get myself out of it because i'm a fucking moron
2: don't and, uh, don't ever admit to hate crime. Just claim that it's uh it's actually an act of love due to something you believe from the Bible. Yeah, that'll, that's like, true. Put you on the right side. It's like
0: no, just go home. Mm-hmm. That would have worked. That would have worked.
2: I, I'm uh, hoping I don't because I got called for jury duty just before Christmas, and um I'm really hoping they they don't like. I think it should be okay because I had my back hurt, so I was like I can't sit down for eight hours. I just can't do that. So I sent them in a letter with doctor's note. And they never contact me back, and I rang them like the, a few days before it was set to start, and they were just like, "Oh yeah, no, you, we got your note. You don't have to go." But they they have sent me zero official documentation confirming
0: oh, that. So they don't give a fuck. They don't yeah. give a fuck. I got called when I, when we lived in California. I got called every single year, and uh, I, I went twice, and I just sat in a room for a few hours and they're like oh your case was dismissed go home and I was like all right whatever and then the third time I totally forgot about it like I just didn't think about it and then like two days after I was supposed to be there I was like ah fuck so I called the court and I was like hey I fucked up I was supposed to be here a few days ago like do you guys want to reschedule me and the lady on the phone was just like I'm just gonna say you were there (laughs) okay that's cool thanks
1: (laughs) you've really been called that often my god I I only got one summons in my life and it was uh a it was after I went away to college and I got a summons in Kalamazoo from, uh, Eaton County, which is Lansing. And I was like, I don't live here. And they're like, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm I never going got on. called in Michigan three times in California. And this is my first, I've been in, I've been in Milwaukee for like 10 years now. And I think this is my. My, yeah, this is my first time. So, okay. Yeah. So
1: California is, I think, I think I may have, uh, really, uh, played the system in California. I don't know if I even bothered to register to
0: vote. No, so you were fucking, me. you were a fucking ghost, man. And yeah, that's why yeah. you didn't get called. And I got called because I was like one of 12 people in, uh, Kern County without a fucking felony related to meth dealing. So yeah, that's, of course they're going to call you. What are you going to fucking do? Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, the b- b- boogeyman, not the b- bogeyman. There sure are a lot of boogeymans out there. Why are there so many fucking boogeymans? Well, I think it's because when you think of the term boogeyman, it really denotes what is what is the most generic like monster derived from childhood fears of like there's something under my bed, there's something in my closet. It always comes back to a boogeyman it's just that's what it is it's a generic film or a generic monster so isn't it appropriate that if you want to check the pulse of what the state of of horror filmmaking is at a given period of time find your boogeyman and you will find the state of american horror films
1: this is so, a, an interesting hypothesis, and I, I do think it's true. Like, all three of these films are almost impossibly generic templates for uh, for what the industry at large was doing at the time.
0: Yeah, and I mean, have I tested this hypothesis outside of these three movies? No, but I'm just going to go ahead and say that it's, it's absolutely true. Um, so, if we start in 1980... <laughs> we've got uh uli Lommel's the boogeyman and i i kind of love this and again okay let's look at it's 1980 what is the state of american horror filmmaking and i know i said uli Lommel, and you're like isn't he like fucking german or italian or something yes but this was made in america uh it's got some Susanna love involvement <laughs> screenwriter well, uh-huh. and actress extraordinaire and uh yeah, she's she's great. But right. if you were to take the ingredients to make Boogeyman 1980, it is essentially a little sprinkle of Halloween and then a big old scoop of Amityville horror. And there you've got the Boogeyman. But it can't just be that simple because I don't know. I, I don't know what the fuck Susanna was smoking with her boy Uli, but this has got the most ridiculous plot i i i have ever encountered (laughs) just if you try to explain this to someone they're just going to look at you glass-eyed and slack-jawed so what happens is and, and we've we've already learned from a few previous episodes when we watched uh christmas evil that one of the worst things that can happen to you and can cause you know future murder is watching your mom fuck right yeah, we know yeah. this to be true we know this oh, to yeah. be true so uh it, it starts off and, and these two kids they see their mom getting drunk and and sexy with some random man who is not their father no so yeah. then you've got it, there's this woman and she's the little girl in the beginning so it's it's her woman's but it's the woman's mother's ex-lovers murdered ghost okay who this guy like Tied up her mute brother, and then the mute brother, upon escaping, murdered this guy. So, I don't think the brother
1: was mute at this point, Steve. Yeah, I I (laughs) think
0: the muteness came after. I think, yeah, I think
1: this this trauma was
0: muted. Trauma. Okay, we got we got the trauma. Sure, 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 sure. So, but the point is, is the lover is stabbed to death, and this this does not seem to be like even a stepdad situation. And then, twenty years later. They're haunted via mirror by the spirit of the ex-boyfriend of the mom's ghost, right?
1: I guess. I don't know what they're haunted by, actually, because is that guy, like... (laughs) Is he evil? I don't know. I don't know. Don't know. I don't know. He just seems like kind of a guy. Maybe a, a bad
2: parent. I mean, he he ties a kid to a bed. So yeah, I mean, you could say. Well, I mean, a child it seems abuse. like the mother
1: is, is equally culpable in this. Instance. Sure. Sure. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, you is it? I, I don't know. It's like is it the trauma of you know abusive uh, abusive upbringing, but it really just centers on the man. Um, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Who, who the hell knows? What is, no, is, it's what not is like, the yeah. power
0: of the, of the of the boogeyman in this instance? Because it's like, well, he and it's not just mirrors. I, I should any sort of like reflection boogeyman can enter and fuck with you. And then his power seems to be he can make you like kill yourself, or or maybe rip your clothes, or. He can make like glowy laser beams come out of you? Wait, now is, is right? this
1: accurate? Is is this reflection thing accurate? I thought it was all mirror.
0: No, it's I don't know if it's all mirrors, because there's there's instances too, like when they're on the beach where like the light just. Hits no, it's things, because that,
1: that kid has a piece of the mirror on his yeah, shoe. Stuck, <laughs> foot
0: uh, foot.
2: Yeah, okay, yeah the, sure. the important thing to remember within this film, the thing that basically ties together, like honestly, this could be like a uh, one of those like hyperlink films that just goes, you know, to completely disconnected stories. Like really, all it comes down to is a guy smashes the mirror. And there's lots of pieces no, of the mirror. A woman mirror. smashes the mirror. Well, a woman <laughs> smashes a mirror. That's true. It doesn't really matter. A mirror gets broken, and that <laughs> kind important. of releases the evil. But basically, it mm. means that any part, a piece of the mirror, shows up anywhere, then just bad stuff could happen. But it's kind of strange because yeah. they they already downplay that because the dude also then painstakingly reassembles the mirror rather than throwing it out. Which I yeah. don't know if that's even attributed to a supernatural effect. I think he's he's just like, no, nah, I I can save this i yeah, mean that's a part pretty a good supernatural
1: good <laughs> effort to fucking rebuild that mirror jesus it's Christ. an incredible
2: piece of work yeah i yeah, mean yeah. Uh, it's insane it's the work of a, n- a lunatic because i mean you could you could put all the pieces the many hundred pieces the many hundred very sharp pieces of a mirror back together at the end of the day you're still just gonna have a broken mirror it just, it's not gonna work very well yeah. there's, there's kinda, it's kind of it's kind of not a thing unless you're like a really shitty fucking ig artist or whatever you'll be like oh my many reflections maybe you want to like you know you're you're writing lyrics for um, a mid-90s metallica joint or something you know um (laughs) yeah there aren't many uses for broken mirrors beyond that well it's a
1: psychological tool jack you know this is gonna help his wife get over her uh mild (laughs) yeah there's nothing to help people get
2: over mental illness and staring at a fucking messed up Scatological image of themselves all I mean, the time. That's What's yeah. even
1: terribly wrong with his wife? She seems kind of okay, you know. <laughs> uh,
0: she's a bad housekeeper. I'll tell you that. That house is fucking filthy. It's not even their house, sweep up. Well, somebody should fucking sweep up. It's all full of cobwebs and dust. It's
1: disgusting. Well, I, I mean, it, it's the brother who seems to have the trauma, and yet the, the yeah. husband is like, "No,
0: you've got to get yourself
1: oh. right, wife." Yeah,
0: he's <laughs> fine.
2: He's fine with his with the mute brother living with them, all the while dressed like a fucking minion.
0: Yeah, He's just is like a minion. He's
2: <laughs> literally him and the kid, the 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 his, I guess his his nephew. They're both dressed like minions for the movie for some reason. Yeah. Which yeah, okay. I can't blame Uli Lumble for that. He didn't have the foresight to know about what was coming. But it sure is distracting when oh, everything really else is going funny. down.
1: Well, you yeah, would that, think in a logical movie that is is clearly a Halloween ripoff, uh, at least to start with. Uh, you know, boogeyman being again in pop culture from halloween as well uh but yeah you're you're thinking on the brother it's obviously the brother the guy the, the, he was a child he fucking michael myers to this uh, this boyfriend fellow uh he's gonna snap but no the brother's like an ancillary to the entire film he's not even a red herring really
0: no, he's just around. I mean, no, you look yeah. At him, you're like that little minion fuck's gonna strangle someone? Is no, he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, know. no, no. A
2: red herring would require a level of plotting that is not like a level of infrastructure to the script that is simply not present here. This right, is yeah. tremendously just like a collection of occurrences.
1: Yeah, you would be thinking like, even okay, we're not going with the brother. We're doing a supernatural thing, but. Everyone's going to blame the brother because he's killed in the past. You know, everyone's they're going to turn on him. Yeah, and no, he does
2: no. try to strangle a lady out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, they, they do lay that down.
1: Well, that was just because of the power of mirror dust that someone mailed to them. In oh, a that's paper true. Bag? There was that.
2: I just think it's because he just thought she'd just say, like, God, what a terrible come on game. So he's just like, No, got to get rid of this lady.
1: What in God's name is happening in this movie? I, I, it, it's, it's a mystery, but I, does I don't he? know. Because think about the mirror, like this, this psychic device is not related to their family at all. Like (laughs) they just, the husband decides his wife needs to get over her trauma and takes her to their childhood home where an unrelated family is happily going about their existence, not, not bothered by any trauma or, or supernatural elements. And presumably this is a mirror that they own. I, I don't imagine it came with the house. Uh,
2: no, it, it, it did. They, they actually do clarify that after they broke it. It's like, I'll reimburse you for the mirror. And they're just, oh, no, that was there when we got here. <laughs> oh, Which OK. Is, I missed uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those fantastic details. It's just like, what else was here when you got here? How does any of this work?
1: yeah so this is i guess i guess it's an heirloom mirror that just came with the house uh but this woman just walks into a stranger's house and smashes a mirror uh at which point uh, the ghost just like kills this other family (laughs) Uh, (laughs) right (laughs) and somehow somewhere along the line the mirror wait okay i've confused myself even further because <laughs> it's easy to get confused with this one because it is they presumably must have left with the broken mirror so why was the boogeyman in this house to terrorize the old family i don't fucking know but i, I don't
0: i don't was think there, i think, was, Ooh, there a piece,
2: was there a one piece, piece of the it. mirror left behind and it I, stuck to someone's shoe and then got transferred back or did that happen independently? I think I'm, the shoe I'm... is
1: a different thing, but the, was... I think that the the central tenet of this film is there's always a piece left behind, no matter how painstakingly you try to reconstruct this mirror. It's leaving pieces, fucking everywhere,
2: nah. and that's where
0: this. Yeah, uh... you ever break a glass, man? I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. sweep
2: it up. And I mean, like... oh shit, found a piece a week later. It's true. I, let's talk about some of the positives of this film, okay? Because yeah, okay. there's, okay. there's definitely this positive, and my my two big positives from this movie. First off, the synth score Hell is yeah. pretty pretty great stuff. Pretty real strong. Real meaty, real farty. Love it. Yeah, good. Real, real, like, good, solid 1980 synth score. And the other thing that's great in this is that there is, up to me, a genuine... It's, I, it just keeps returning to my mind uh, since watching this, like, a week ago. So that's, that's something. I didn't realize it would at the time, but I've realized since it's actually kind of scary. There's a beach barbecue scene in this where oh boy. there's a woman barbecuing some hot dogs and she just goes to guys like you think we got enough hot dogs and on this like grill there is one hot dog and another one that's been looks like it's just been smashed to shit into the grill <laughs> like God, it's utterly confusing and that image of that with her you want do you think we've got enough hot dogs and clearly not enough hot dogs and one of them has been mutilated there honestly just plague it just returns to my memory like a, almost like a lynchian echo um in a way that i i kind of never
0: thought would so you know oh, it's honestly, a terrifying kind of, beach it's a beach it is that, like should be shut down from the public yeah. i mean it probably Did, was they, that's why they shot on it it's just all like fucking rocks and shit it's and rocks and an also they have the end in house
2: yeah and they have the blanket for the beach that they're like hanging out on the beach on a blanket that would be entirely normal except that the blanket is part in the water the waves just come up mm-hmm. on the blanket it's this chaotic beach scene that's just kind of yeah, that one's actually stuck with me. So uh, I got I yeah. got to give props to the movie for that. Um, yeah, it's it's almost uh, like the the abusive uh, boyfriend himself. You know, you think you're you're through, but you're not. It it I, just keeps coming back.
1: I guess. I mean, you would think again. This is a, this is a fine setting to set up <laughs> uh, an interesting slasher movie. Kill. We got the abandoned house. We got this this weird fucking beach scene. And yet, it somehow ends up with like a, a knife flying at a guy and driving a car or something. It's just like this movie <laughs> never a, follows up on anything; it sets up at all. It's, it's like, a
2: really funny high concept thing with like two lovers getting skewered on the same, I yeah. don't like barbecue fork. But I, it's really funny because the other couple that are there are just like, oh look, they're making out of the car and they just hold oh, the camera. Kissing? Yeah, they hold the (laughs) camera on this shot of the car with the two people in it deathly still because they're dead. And you're just thinking, no, and they get closer to the car. and It's like, oh, they're still at it. And it's like they're just completely still. It's like no one would be fooled by this. Like, people would check. I would like to think I I would have checked. I've been like, they seem awful still in that car while we shout at them. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, it, that's I the that's and, what the boogeyman ask, is all about.
1: What business did the boogeyman have with these these young lovers? And the answer is, a, a small child with a piece of mirror stuck to his shoe was fishing, uh, completely across the lake. But the, but somehow yeah. the reflection <laughs> shown across onto them, and that that that's allowed right. the boogeyman to kill. Get,
2: get I, mean, I think it's, it's, this is very much. I mean, this this plays back very much to you know say mario bava's bay of blood you know arguably made the first like kind of like thoroughbred slasher like fully formed slasher which you know is basically all about like a a dark family history and people being murdered and then just somewhere in the middle of the movie just a bunch of like uh like drunken sexed up teens just pull up and like we're gonna hang out here and it's like oh well i know i like we know now what's gonna happen it was incredible novelty i think in 1973, it was mm. in 1971, I think, when Bay of Blood came out. Ingenious. It's like, we need more deaths, but there aren't enough characters. All right, here we go. I think that's, uh, you know, it's it's a standard. And and The uh, Bogeyman just just, it just does it with a lot less panache, frankly. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I think the thing that stuck with me, uh, aside from the... I mean, visually, this is kind of an interesting movie. And the soundtrack, as you mentioned, is good. And there's all kinds of weird things that happen. Uh, and, and the plot is... It, it's so baffling that I can't help but think about it. But the thing that has stuck with me the most is Uli Lommel was a protege of Rainer Werner Fassbender. Like mm-hmm. what, what did, what did he learn? What
2: <laughs> <laughs> to make movies quick and to marry rich. Yeah. How um, to I do guess cocaine. Is, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's Uli Lommel. I think he's pretty prolific. So, I mean, you probably got yeah. that from him, but also it is worth noting the, the lead actress of this movie is that Catherine Love, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. Um is, is apparently a DuPont. Susanna Love. Or oh,
0: Susanna Love, Love, sorry. Yeah, Susanna Love, yeah. Sorry,
2: is is a is is a a DuPont heir and also was Uli lomel's wife slash girlfriend at the time, and apparently just like this guess who the financier for this enterprise yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. The director's rich girlfriend being the correct answer. And um, you know, I mean, honestly, worst things you could give money to. This is job, but like it's it's kind of a strange movie and everything. Uh, it looks pretty good and everything. Worth noting, this this movie is thanks to the Wonders of the Vinegar Syndrome label in the United States doing their great work. It is available in 4K, which yeah. is there's a lot of great movies that are not available at this
0: resolution, but this one is. Yeah, you can see that. All the detail on those. Mango you see all the fishing <laughs> wire every
2: time a piece of mirror gets pulled. It's, just, you can, it's <laughs> basically right there in front of him He's like, that doesn't look like a ghost at all. That makes me suspect the brother even more. But mm-hmm. it's it, it will never be him. No,
0: no. Yes, yeah. I, I think the problem here is it's it, it is like so convoluted and so fucking weird and and visually interesting enough, but all of that goofball shit is still framed within these familiar tropes of you know the the halloween style slasher and the amityville haunted house film so it never quite takes that next step into what i guess we can affectionately call now bloodbeat territory where it goes so off the rails that it feels like it's being beamed in from another universe right it's it's never quite there it's just it's just weird yeah, yeah it's like it's like when your dog looks at you and they kind of like cock their head to the side like what the fuck that's that's how i felt the whole movie <laughs> that's not enough yeah
2: yeah I, I think that's fair i mean my issue i think with this definitely is it's just it's it's weird enough to be confusing and slightly off-putting but never weird enough to draw you back in through that to be like oh man this is so weird and so off-putting i don't even understand why they made it this one it's, it's not quite there. It's it's just sort of like in that, that dangerous middle territory.
1: Yeah, I understand yeah. why they made this for sure, uh, because there were popular films that are similar.
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, towards the, at the end of this movie, you're you're looking at going like, mm, uh, yeah, you know, this is definitely an exorcist element in here. There's definitely there's there's first person camera of the knife during the opening murder scene, which is like, OK, that's Halloween direct reference. Uh, There's, you know, Tones the extras throughout. At the end, they they light up the house the exact same way as the Amityville Horror. It is so on the nose with exactly what it's ripping off. It honestly makes the Italians look subtle. It's Mm. a pretty, uh, you know, they didn't have to do any of that. Like, people would have figured it out. Maybe you don't want to. Maybe you don't want people to go like, oh, I could be watching Halloween, but I'm not. I'm watching this. But no, they just, they go straight forward as if it's almost like, it's almost like they're just proving to you that they know what they're ripping off yeah yeah
1: yeah it, it is right. in the end yeah not not weird enough it's just like a it's just more baffling than, <laughs> than interesting sure. to me
2: but Where, we'll always have that beach scene
1: yeah, yeah yeah like is there does anyone mention the boogeyman uh what the fuck is the boogeyman have to do with any of this movie i don't fucking know like yeah guess. well
0: this just proves that myros doesn't support women like this this was clearly like it was written and yeah. starring and produced by a, a very accomplished woman and uh, Myros doesn't respect her, is what I'm getting from this. Jack, well, she is an
1: heiress, as as we've just discussed.
0: So yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. A, <laughs> yeah, I'm man, not this is to this can be artists. I know about. Come on, Louise Linton. You tell me. She grew up hey, in a hey, fucking hey, castle. Hey, She's Steve, a genius.
2: Yeah, like we're we're going ne- next week is the, is the Linton Fennel uh, heiress yeah. <laughs> discussion, and we'll we'll get into it there, debating yeah. whether or not rich people should be allowed to do anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I I think that maybe that should be a rule. Like if you have a certain degree. Wealth, you're actually like you just got to sit at home, like you're not. Yeah, no, I think that's stuff. fair.
2: they There's so many things you can do when you're inordinately wealthy. You don't get to make movies, no, like yeah, with rare yeah. exceptions. Like Visconti, okay, he was a literal count. He beat the odds, fine, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah,
1: yeah. Why bother? I mean, if you're if you're rich. Just do They'd the smart thing vacation. and do fucking nothing. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's how you should yeah. spend your life. Be the idle Catch rich. me on a beach that's, in Mykonos. This is the, Be world, the
0: world, the is, a,
2: the world <laughs> is a terrible place because inordinately wealthy people aren't happy just enjoying themselves. Yes, like Nancy those of Pelosi, us who are not
1: wealthy would love nothing more than to just do fucking nothing every goddamn day. Right,
2: yeah. and yeah, no, it's like Nancy Pelosi is like, I'm going to run again. It's like, Jesus Christ, you don't have to do this. You could just... You could travel around the world and never stop. It's 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 a fucking disease. They will never stop. I will say that the uh,
1: the the IMDb synopsis of this movie is is kind of a summation of of why I don't love it. I guess it just says through the reflection in the mirror, a girl witnesses her mother's boyfriend's murder. He, that, that's it that's what this movie <laughs> is about I guess <laughs> uh, you, you could have fooled me that that doesn't seem to be anything
0: <laughs> no I feel like is. that has nothing to do with anything but no, yeah,
1: no I don't even think that sentence is accurate to the movie uh, no you know, I, even as a, no, absolutely not even as the yeah, briefest like snipper of the opening
2: for this film there's a strong chance Uli Lombo before he passed wrote that on IMDB because eh, he remembered that yeah. was what the movie's about it's entirely possible <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well yeah. I I guess we should jump ahead uh, and let's let's hit fast forward about 25 years and we get to 2005 where we are once again boogeymaned. and if this if if 1980s boogeyman was a good sort of summation of of where horror was at then where is horror at in 2005 (laughs) the fucking toilet (laughs) the fucking (laughs) ultimate toilet it's great too because it, it, this was sort of an in-between time I think 2004 2005 was kind of a transitional time for horror uh, because we were past that early 2000s like kind of post scream slashers into like just bad CGI like 13 ghosts uh, house on haunted hill remake like things like that and it really really just scraping the bottom I know people people dog on <clears throat> 90s horror all the time for some reason but Really, Bro, I think things good. bottomed out in the, in in, but things really bottomed out in the early two thousands. Oh, now, yeah, Around sure. two thousand five, this is where we start getting you know hostile and Wolf Creek, and this is like the the torture porn renaissance, uh, which saw sort of started to usher in a little bit before this as well, but we're not quite there. And more importantly, the torture porn era brought back the very hard R horror, but what is happening in the world of pg-13 horror and the answer is not a whole hell of a lot but i guess they'll rip off like whatever the hot asian horror property at the time is so yeah i think you know, that's we, it it's
1: a lot of J horror remakes it <laughs> is, yeah it yeah. is
0: it's and this and this feels very uh i mean comparing it to the ring i think would be uh, that's a disservice to the <laughs> room but it's a little it's a little grudgy maybe a little grudgy hey, here. that's a room full of little grudge kids
2: show up at one point yeah, just to grudge home it's like yeah we we know that movie too which
1: Yo, as, as, I, Boy, as i though, revealed Cat to jack Boy's this is, the best
0: grudge kid oh no, yeah <laughs> Sorry, I, as
1: i revealed to jack this is uh, uh sam Raimi's ghost house uh this is their second film first of which grudge remake so yeah oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to put go. a bow
2: on it just uh, to absolutely i this this movie is just um i i couldn't even look at this movie i no, it, i mean i watched i watched the humani corpus fabrica you know that documentary that came out this year or i guess last year now that was like you know just camera footage of inside the human body and operations and like they're sticking things in this person's eye and sucking out like a cataract or something and all this shit and like doing all kinds of stuff. And I I watched that. That's it was fascinating. It's full of incredible images. I said, I think I ate while that movie was on. I was just watching it. I can't look at fucking mid 2000s era horror, American horror. (laughs) I can't look at it. It is just it repels my attention. And this movie is no different. I just I couldn't even like honestly, like 10 seconds looking at the screen. I just need to look away because it just looks so bad and it's Mm so jerky they do that under over cranking alternating lever for the editing that was a big thing and oh god it's just it's so bad and i I just i hate this movie so much if i could remember it which i don't Uh, the great thing about it is it just
0: vanishes once it's done but oh i i I mean there's things that i really love about it but uh, in a very grotesque way Uh, like it makes me a, a little fucking pervert but, uh, like, I love the fact that I'm pretty sure it's shot on film, but it's so washed out that it looks like cheap digital. I think that's cool. Oh,
2: yeah, I think they just cranked up the colors to, like, just mm-hmm. breaking point. Like, this is basically, like, the the visual equivalent of guitar distortion, if it were yeah. bad. Like, the actual just clipping awful guitar distortion. like
0: when you buy the, uh, like, the, the $30, like, uh orange boss distortion pedal and that's <laughs> that's all you that's all you use yeah it's just, it just it looks like oh i'm sure shit. there's
1: a lot of visual clipping with the contrast this fucking thing's mm-hmm. using like yeah, well, yeah. it's
0: lit like a walmart parking lot it's so that's another insane. problem yeah <laughs> that's
1: that's one of the things i love about this is is uh loyal listeners will know our love of uh jeff wadlow's truth or dare which is a movie that immediately when i saw it in theaters uh, i was like why are there a thousand lamps at every fucking shot? Like they yeah. had to justify their lighting. This movie doesn't bother justifying its lighting, but its lighting is immediately noticeably fucking insane. Like it is, Yeah. It, the whole thing takes place at night and it looks like it's, you're like trying to shoot something, Like in the clouds with angels with harps, like fucking strumming along. It (laughs) was
0: like like every single shot was, uh, oh, yeah, there's a hill. And just over the hill is the the mothership from Close Encounters of Third Kind.
1: (laughs) That's what it looks like. It's fucking fucking psychotic, man. It's the most overlit thing I've seen in ages. It's just I don't know. It, It could be an issue of HDR is not kind to it. Uh, but well, that's fine. Turn HDR on because you're gonna have a lot more fun <laughs> with the way this
0: fucking thing looks. Yeah, it's it's utterly bizarre. Like it it makes no sense. And yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it looks bad because time has not been kind to it. But also, it's like I, I don't know like, what what was your thought process in, in well, yeah. I mean, it, this it was way.
2: it was in the middle of that era where they were changing over certainly, but still, by 2005, I think a lot was still being shot on film, but it was being finished digitally, and it just mm-hmm. opened. It opened up doors that people decided to go through for just for the sake of it. And yeah, I mean, you look back on, on that era, even some of the good stuff. I mean, I watched House of Wax uh, a little while back, and that you know, that movie still holds up. And it's like in the rare instances. If you pick Shout almost out Sultan. Yeah, you pick out almost any horror movie from that era, and it just has that digital wash over the back end of it. Like the color grading, the lighting. Like, I think they just, like, this genuinely looks like they just turned the gain up on the image. Like, it just, it's... It's terrible looking. It's repellent. Mm-hmm. On top of, on top of the fact that, and we'll get to this with the next one, which is you know, what does the boogeyman stand for? Is it trauma? Um, the the issue with this one, I guess, my primary issue with two thousand and five boogeyman is that it, if any movie could do with a metaphor, something to hold <laughs> together to lead on, but no, this is genuinely a movie just about a scary man in your closet, um, yeah. and that's that's that really gets thin. And PG thirteen, it's like fucking great, man.
0: (laughs) We'll talk about this with the twenty twenty-three one, which is like it's it's the same shit that we've been getting for God knows how fucking long, but it's like, yeah, trauma. It's the trauma stuff, it's grief, it's it's trauma. And this is like, oh yeah, dude, like your your dad fucking like left your family or whatever, and then your mom went crazy, but And but then everybody they don't treat it as trauma. They're like, oh man, that's sad, but like, don't be a pussy about it.
2: (laughs) It's so funny. His dad was
0: kidnapped by the boogeyman.
2: Like he was, he didn't even disappear. He's just like he was murdered by a supernatural force. Mm -hmm. I I feel bad because I'm watching like contemporary horror movies. I'm like, Jesus, whatever happened? Just scary, cool monsters. And then here I am. This is a movie that's just about a scary monster. We won't say cool, but a (laughs) scary monster. The jesus fucking monster. My, okay <laughs> no, it's scary okay it's, it's about a monster it's, it's it's very overtly about a supernatural vengeful entity and man i was like jesus make like it, it's a closet like make it a gay metaphor or something like you could do like oh he's scared of yeah. being in a closet like do anything like you couldn't be too cheap for this film but just something to dress it up but absolutely not they resolutely stuck to the most boring version of everything in the like well, it kicks
0: ass too because of the uh just immaculate casting job here oh, so yeah got, uh top barry form. watson aka the older brother from seventh heaven <laughs> who is not convincing at all no uh, he's just he's just sort of like sleepwalking through this whole thing and they're asking uh, and, him to and, do a lot
1: like they want this oh, movie yeah this movie is produced by sam raimi and you can tell the director's like hey sam i can make your movie too so this guy, they want him to do like a Bruce Campbell thing. And instead, he's the most dead fish motherfucker I've ever seen.
2: <laughs> I mean, he gets yeah. upstaged by a child in yeah. the last act, mm-hmm. frankly,
0: like the child yeah. actors hitting he like hitting her marks better than this guy. Well, and, and his way of showing like emotion on his face is he looks bewildered that he's on camera at all. Which is <laughs> not. I really mean, great. to be fair,
2: it's a discussion, he may be blind. It's possible there's like a spotlight in his face at all times. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Maybe he has no idea what's going on. Maybe he's terrified through this whole experience.
0: Oh. It's possible. And then the other thing this this movie does with its casting that I, I really appreciate, and this doesn't happen very often, but occasionally during this time period, it would occur. And you're watching something, you're like, God, why does Zoe Deschanel look so fucked up? And you're like, oh, because that's her sister. <laughs> that's not her. <laughs> I'd forgotten she was in this. Yeah. I forgot there was another Emily person Des- in Des- this Des- movie. Was in here. Yeah. 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 What is so her role in not- this
1: movie? Love interest? Except
2: nope, except no, no, I mean, she's just there. She's very much, like, like I said, I genuinely forgot that character existed. Yeah. And she's like the second build character. Yes. You would it think. It's kind of
0: weird. You would Cause think because like- he's got. He's got a girlfriend, yeah, but that has
1: got... But logically, you just get rid of that, right? He goes to this woman's yeah. house. He has some baby freak out about the closet. <laughs> she dumps him, but she doesn't dump mm-hmm. him. She, she, he just leaves, and she comes back into the movie, and you're like, come on. Basic bullshit movie rules. She dumped yeah. him. Now he's reconnecting with his childhood lost love. Let's do that. It's like, no, 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 we can't do that. We no, got to no. bring back to He's got to have two character.
0: slam pieces so that he can like, I don't know, she can get boogeyman in the bathtub in the, in the last 15 I minutes. That, Jesus Christ. That's fucking great. Uh, we also have Lucy Lawless here as oh, yeah. uh, the mom, which kicks ass. Obviously not a lot of screen time because she's not a boogeyman. She's just a lady. Uh, But yeah, like Lucy Lawless as a deadite, fucking brilliant. Always great.
1: Well, that's a Sam Uh, Raimi special. Uh, Oh, yeah, for sure. Sam Sam pulled
0: the strings for that one. Yeah. Uh, And then the real star is uh, the CGI wonder that is the boogeyman (laughs) who is not revealed to us until probably about the last 15 minutes or so. And dear listeners, (laughs) let me tell you, you have never in your life. Seen a worse CGI monster. And and you're saying, Steve, Steve, I I've seen I've seen the Lawnmower Man and I've I've seen Langoliers and I've seen all these early nineties. Like, no, no, no. That's just like kitschy, chunky, just polygonal fun. This is like it's not like chunky polygon. It's just the worst looking PS2 ass fucking. To even uh, describe horrible. this
2: monster makes it. Like, I was going to try and describe him as like a poor CG rendition of like a charcoal sketch. But mm-hmm. I re- that makes it sound way better than it, it looks. Makes like it sound any way better. Any attempt to put words to this mistake makes it sound like some kind of an artistic breakthrough. And it, it is. It. And it's
0: just. Terrible. I'm gonna it's argue that it is an artistic breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because it made you like laugh, just oh like my crack
1: up. God, it's it's <laughs> glorious. What a glorious finale to this fucking piece of shit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> doing boogie shit, and then and then I guess the the reveal is is like you got to face your fear, and so when you like look the boogeyman in the eye and. I, I don't fucking know. Then that's how you make him go away. I don't know. boogeyman's
1: like a—it's like an action figure that was sitting on his dresser or some shit. I don't. Yeah, fucking know when he was a kid.
0: Yeah. On. So it's like the boogeyman was generated from his childhood fears into like it manifested into a real monster. I guess I don't fucking yeah, know. This yeah, it hardly matters.
2: I mean, the thing that's worth noting about this movie, I think, is that um, Adam, when you were you were cruising through the quotes for this and IMDb, and and one of the quotes is literally the lead character counting to six. <laughs> that's not just a
1: quote. That's the top
2: top quote. <laughs> top quote. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, there you go. So top quote. And that and and you you mentioned that while I was watching the movie and I was like, I legitimately can't remember if that has already happened or not. And it hadn't. It turns out he does that right at the conclusion. And that's the most exciting spin that someone could think of for that. It's like, yeah, at one point, a man counts Mm -hmm. to six. Um, Yeah, that's that's Boogeyman 2005. It is. He he keeps talking to
1: this uh, this child, too. And you'll never guess. The child was dead
2: all along the whole time. Damn, dude, man. If only someone had made a popular film about that concept just a few years beforehand. Um, But (laughs) yeah, yeah, incredible stuff. Uh, But
0: yeah, just just think to yourself, what if a, a disturbed album cover came to life? and tried to kill
2: you again like the iron maiden dance of death shitty cg cover everyone makes fun of like imagine if that was worse and less lovable uh mm-hmm. that's that's this movie um yeah even God, the we've closing us-
0: credit song is dog shit too which usually you at least like license some like dipshit new metal band to do your fucking closing credit song but it's some band i've never heard of i tried to shazam it because i'm like this sounds horrible it sounds like a basement demo and Shazam was like, this isn't a real song. You're, it's not. It doesn't exist. But, Myers you found out who it is, right?
1: I did. It is uh, Noise Head. Ah, uh, uh, Noise Head. Which yes. I, I think is, like, they probably have, like, a charting rock hit of the time. But this, this song is so shitty that... It is in fact not a real song. It's only like fucking mm. 30 seconds long and it's never been released anywhere.
2: <laughs> Love I w- I'm just wondering, is the basis of Noisehead? Oh. Did he happen like did he happen to be a Hollywood director working for Sam Raimi around 2005? It feels like it could be that situation.
0: I don't could know. Be, yeah. I don't know. This it's movie is like, Ted Raimi's side project.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, this movie is why not
2: is fucking
1: I would recommend it. If you have a, if you have a taste for this bullshit, like if you want to see the nightmare that was 2005 uh yeah i would say watch it it's fucking boring as sin but also <laughs> just look at the fucking thing just looking at it is is uh fascinating because we've talked about whatever the fuck they're doing with the lighting and the color correction in this which is an unholy nightmare like the least appropriate uh, way to light a horror film I, i've seen in ages and but beyond that, it's also again really trying to do to impress Sam Raimi and doing it in the most <laughs> backwards and disgusting two thousands way imaginable. Where, like, it uses Evil Dead cam. One thing that stuck out to me is is when the guy is in he like comes in the house for one of the first times. Well, a this is when it really kicks into overdrive of fucking bullshit is he puts the key in the door and it does this fucking cross cut of, like, the key key going through the tumblers of the lock. for
2: Yeah, there's, like, X-ray tumbler vision for the locks, which does not appear anywhere else in the film. It's this completely random thing.
1: Yeah, so it does the Evil Dead cam, and it's roaring up the stairs. Of course, it 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 looks like shit, because they, like, dick Mm -hmm. with the speed in post-production. But uh, it's zooming up to this door. And the thing about evil dead came. is it denotes a presence traveling somewhere whereas this immediately turns around and goes back down the stairs and the guy has not moved an inch he's just standing there. <laughs> no, nothing is traveling through the house this is not showing any locomotion it's just a fucking empty horrible style
2: <laughs> yeah it's yeah great. i mean, and, I and that's the movie i mean really that was I mean, I would almost agree. Like, if you want to understand if you're young enough or you're old enough, I guess somehow that the the 2000s horror boom passed you by. This is a great movie to, I think, establish that it may be genuinely the nadir of American cinema.
1: It's it's Mm -hmm. up there. Like, you have to just like consciously view this movie. Like, think about where the light is coming from at any given time during a shot. Just say to yourself, What's the light source here? Uh, Or say to yourself, what's the motivation behind this camera move? Like, if if you think about it, like, analytically at all, not not even from a plot level, let's forget that. Of course, you're not going to fucking think analytically about the plot of Boogeyman. But if you think about it, just like the craft of it, just if you sit down and consider that, it's going to blow your goddamn mind. Like, you're just going to be so fucking baffled by every decision that's made in
0: this movie. Powerful stuff. Yeah. Well, thankfully we can we can hit the fast forward button, Myros, and let's let's go to present day. We've been in the uh, the the more recent past and the and the far back past. What is the boogeyman of today? And unfortunately, I feel like we have been trapped in the same hellscape <laughs> in 2023 that we've been stuck in since like 2016. Yeah. Well, I when did was- the Boba Duke come out? Yeah. When did the you know what? It's probably earlier. It's probably 2013. It's probably been a decade of this. So what, 2014
2: so, is the Baba Duke. Yeah. So yeah, the, yeah, we have and not moved is, since is, then.
0: We have not moved because and and you know what? Uh, look this up for me too. But I'm pretty sure it follows came out the same year. Am I right? Uh yeah. That's that's got to be close. Because yeah, gotta you're, be you're right. So yeah, 2014. 2014 yeah. There we go. That so, was
2: our last shift. After that, like prior to that, it was probably just the ring. I think was the yeah. last one. Yeah, that's uh, yeah.
0: So we've we've got uh, and you know also the 2013.
1: Fine. By the way, Steve, The Conjuring, which I would say uh, uh, stylistically, yeah. uh, very much uh, informing this.
0: Yeah, totally, wow. totally. uh But in terms of like story and character motivation and all that stuff, like Boba Duke is fine, and I really like it follows. But now every single fucking movie. It has to be either it follows or Duke or a Duke that doesn't, it follows. That's it. Like even, even that fucking movie was smile that came out last year, which is not good. That's what this but, reminded me of most, honestly. Yeah. Me, yeah. <laughs> but that one, it was just like, I mean, at this point I'm kind of like jaded to the point where I'm just like, you know what? Fuck. Of course it's about fucking trauma. Everything's about fucking trauma now. But smile was one where I was just like, this is egregious. This should just be about some like creepy. It should be the ring, but smiley people. And instead it's just like, no, it's the trauma. And then your trauma manifests says the scary lady monster and you gotta wrestle with your trauma yeah. fuck off and that's exactly what 2023's boogeyman is what's the boogeyman it was our our grief from our dead mom all along like that's, that's, man, that's what it, it
2: is yeah i mean the, the the improvement here and to go to smile was why smile i think is particularly egregious is because smile is the movie where the monster is actually a standard for trauma and the last act of the movie is them telling us that as if we haven't been watching these movies yeah, and, and the dreading movie. and cursing the influence of the Duke <laughs> for nearly a fucking decade now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, in the Buggyman 2023's defense, they at least don't I mean, say like, oh, it was, it was our grief all along they do have like a little monster and they set it on fire or whatever but uh, yeah this movie hey, so is does smile
1: um, smile is a big monster at the end it gets little well, <laughs> i
2: mean it does have a big monster but it also has a long speech as i recall about where it's, uh, it's about grief and you got to go work through I some don't things know. both
1: of these fucking yeah. movies also like end with the third act of like going to this abandoned house with some crazy person in a fire and yeah it's just it's the same fucking movie <laughs> it's the same fucking movie, yeah, yeah i mean
2: I, I would say same movie i i think this one's a little better it actually yeah, has I'd like so. it is a couple of, it is a couple of uh there's some things happening but yeah i mean i think we can all agree not a, not a great movie you do not need to rush out to uh hulu because going. it's like
1: it's playing like a more populist role like it's it's got its little tricks it's conjuring tricks or it's paranormal activity tricks like this therapist with the light cube stuff yeah, sure. Make that movie. I'm, I'm cool to see that movie. Those are they're fun. You know, it's like, mm. oh, boy, I'm going to get spooked. Uh, yeah, you pull in little horror devices like that that are actually fun. And even if you're making Smile, we've suddenly got a, a little more uh, alive <laughs> version of Smile yeah, some- because we're, we're trying some, some fun visual scares.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's somewhere in between, like, 05, it's like, please make this movie about anything other than a scary monster in the closet, and then for this one, it's just kind of like, please just make it about an evil monster that lives in the dark, Um, and neither of them get that right, which is a shame, but at least they fight the evil monster in the dark a bit in this one, and there's some, like, there's a shotgun, and there's some explosions and spooky jump scares and things, and it's like, okay, fine, I could see. If I I saw this one in cinema, I wouldn't hate it.
0: Yeah, but if you're like an actual like if you because this is a PG 13 horror movie. Yes, yeah. If you are a fucking baby, if and you you go to the movies and you watch this, it's probably fine. Yeah, because like you said, there's there's enough jump scares, and I mean also if if you're old, if you're the age where you're enjoying this, you probably don't even remember the Duke. This is the problem. Right. Yes. Now, it's been a decade of this bullshit, so now we've gotten to the point where it's looping back around on itself, and people don't even realize how long we've been having to watch this shit.
2: I mean, um, it's true because once you're not. Like once, once you're old enough to get into an R-rated movie at the cinema, I know you're not lining up for PG-13 horror anymore. I don't know why no, we're doing. No. Why are we doing this? We shouldn't be doing I this. This a terrible Hulu, idea, man. It, it fit the it fit PG-13 the is just like, and it shouldn't be. There's no reason you couldn't make a great PG-13 horror, but boy, mm. it doesn't happen often. no. Hey, we we happen. are
1: big Bloomhouse supporters, and uh, you know sometimes the properly geared teen horror film. Is Five Nights delight.
2: at the Duke.
1: Yes, and uh, you know what? The Duke, a good movie. It's just unfortunate that that the reasters of the world have like uh, polluted the entirety of of what. The worst thing for me is
2: I I didn't even particularly like the Duke. I thought it was a little overstated even in that movie, and then for that to be the template for ten years now is like, oh man, we need some we need someone to shake things up. I, 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 I do not blame I do not
1: blame the Baba Duke. I blame <laughs> No, A24. I don't blame them for
2: that. She, no no. Doesn't Jennifer can no way she could have known. And honestly, the next movie made I was the Nightingale the next movie she made. That's yes, a great that's goddamn a movie. That's tremendous filmmaking. So I'm I'm all all in the can for that. But yeah, it's it's just unfortunate that you know sometimes a movie's uh, overarching memory is uh the four thousand movies afterwards shamelessly ripping it off
0: yeah no like i said this is this is the uh the great renaissance of filmmakers uh telling us exactly what their movie is about and if we don't hear them the first time they, they just fucking bludgeon us over the head with it uh so yeah it's great here's it's my big trauma. question
1: my big question uh did a draft of this script exist where the father is the boogeyman <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean it- I I don't know. It should. That'd probably be a more entertaining movie for me. Yeah, that's, what uh, I, that's where I was like,
1: okay, we're gonna. We, it's got to be related to this father, right? Because he's just like this mm. absent nobody the whole time, and you're like, okay, well, something has got to tie in here. Like, what's the deal yeah. with this guy? It, it, he's he's gonna be the the monster. It's like, no, no, no. He he just no. no I think I think you find the the
2: contemporary like because there's certain things happening right now, and I feel like. You know, watching several several of these movies, De Lommel has, and I think maybe um I think maybe the O5 does it as well. One of, one of what I think is one of the most annoying, egregious things that movies do, which is a flashback to a scene that happened very very recently in the movie, and it's this like reinforcing to basically seem like we know you're not paying attention, you know, or we we didn't figure out a way to draw that connection artistically uh through the language of cinema, so we're just gonna we're just gonna play it again, right? That's a really annoying thing. And then we we're talking about how, you know, the short memories of audiences and the way we we're just going, this reiteration, you know, there's a new generation. I feel like these things are feeding into each other, creating this cinema of incredibly short attention spans and reiteration of of the same thing over and over again with this kind of like assumption. And then the, the last thing that's coming through is this contemporary more, which is basically that, you know, we've gotten real conservative, you know, and it's like the kids on Letterboxd are like mad at movies where the lead character is not nice enough, you know, and I just feel like maybe a PG-13 horror where the father turns out to be the bad guy is just, I don't know, Can you? maybe you can't do that now, it would upset the kids too much, and I I know that's like, I'm sure there's lots of, there definitely are lots of really smart younger viewers out there drawing out all kinds of new things and everything. But man, Letterboxd and uh, Instagram and TikTok have also given a voice to an incredible number of fucking idiots <laughs> with no concept about know, media I, I, literacy at all.
0: What's more relatable than being mad at your dad and thinking he's a dick? Like, come sure, maybe mad at kids. I mean,
2: it's, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it's true. But I think you know, with the Trump era, I feel like it's you know everyone's like no we have to we have to go back to the okay it has to be a spooky monster it's because you're sad about something that you should be sad about your mom is dead that's you know a righteous sadness but that's life it's something you can't really blame anyone for uh you know i don't know it it just is probably this is definitely overreaching within the, the 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 context of the Boogeyman 2023 but it's just the uh, you know the nice core concept Coming through, even the even horror movies can't be a little grungy anymore. They can't be mean anymore. They've just, and I think the grief stand in is is part of that. There's you know, because grief is is warranted and grief is unavoidable and grief is difficult and it's part of life and 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 often granted a lot of times if you dig, it's like well you know sometimes people die and it's very very sad and they actually shouldn't have you dig and you find out like hospitals are run for profit and do bad things and stuff or police murder people and so on but that's you know that's for fred weisman to handle not for us and mm-hmm. um, you know not for cinema certainly it's beyond it yeah it feels like there's this this movement in these movies it's just kind of like everything bad in the world is just kind of like a a kind of echo of just the the chaos of life and, uh, you know, you shouldn't, re- we all stick together and your friends will come through in the end and you'll be better. You'll work on yourself and go to therapy. And that's, that's every movie and believe in yourself. You know, what? if you believe in yourself, you'll get a shotgun, you'll kill your grief. You know what? Sometimes, <laughs>
1: um, sometimes your father's a sick bastard and he kills his wife and then terrorizes his kids under the guise of the boogeyman. And that, that would probably be a movie I'd rather <laughs> that see.
2: Would, that would be yeah. an R-rated movie
0: though, I guess. Straight up, uh, I don't. I can't think tell it, uh, the kids these things. I, I mean, maybe, maybe like we should use Todd Salon's happiness as like a template for horror. Could you imagine if it just went in that direction? No, That'd be great. Can you imagine
2: if you released happiness now? What <laughs> fucking? Can you imagine TikTok and <laughs> your hands on Todd movie? <laughs> <laughs> just like I think he's trying to make this pedophile look like a real human being. <laughs> <It'd> be like <laughs> God, unacceptable, yeah, terrifying. I what do you think about storytelling. <laughs>
0: Like, like for Todd Salon's storytelling, and I always think about it in terms of, like, if, if you were to put out Todd Salon's storytelling in 2023, what would make people more upset, the first segment or the second segment? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's
2: I mean, I great, don't know, probably there'd be people online for the first segment saying that she's reclaiming the 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 word on behalf of the man she's having sex with, who knows, it's just, you know, it came from him. Uh, yeah. it, it would be it would be a whole thing. It would actually be a nightmare. I really want Todd Salonza's work to be available, uncut and restored. But at the same time, I also I'm not sure I want to deal with broader viewership of, of Todd Salonza's <laughs> work. I just
0: I think it might break me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Oh my God. Someone just turned 22 and they're watching palindromes for the first time. Like, can you imagine what the, I, I want to be in the room? I want to watch them. Watch it.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I would say if you're listening to this, uh, you don't need to watch boogeyman 2023 because you're, you, you should, should watch palindromes. I don't think we have any uh, listeners who are like 18 years old or younger. And, uh, no that's what this is for yeah this is is, it's just like kind of baby's first horror movie and it's uh it's there are things in it i like you know i like the the way that the boogeyman is like mimicking voices and throwing them and the ending's kind of fun because it's it's basically ripped from the short story but uh yeah there's a few little devices you know you could you could watch like uh a clip reel on youtube and you'll you'll get what you need to out of boogeyman 2023 i would say <laughs>
0: eh. yeah i think i also i want to say if anyone is a child listening or knows a child they should definitely listen to this podcast because it's uh <laughs> it's important to your growth and development as a young person I think what, what name name three better role models. I can't. Oh yeah, that, that's very true. But that's probably that will be used
2: in court to disqualify us from this exact right. uh, from jury uh, duty. You know,
0: yeah, from jury duty. Yeah, I mean, you- I I look at Adam Myros. I go, here's a guy. There hasn't been a role model like this guy since Mussolini. <laughs> like, come on.
1: <laughs> uh <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, yeah. We do our best. We do our best. We do our best.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we should probably wrap things up. So, Myros, what are you putting over this week?
1: Oh Jesus! I I uh, continue to <laughs>
0: well, you, you surprised this was coming. <laughs> I
1: continue to never watch anything. Uh, so that's you good. know, I mean, you know what I'm putting over Boogeyman 2005. It's fucking watch it. <laughs> fucking watching. Putting
0: that over, yeah, that's great. Yeah,
1: best thing that's I good. watched re- in the last month. You know, Boogeyman 2005.
0: All right, Jack. What are you putting over this
2: week? I'm I'm gonna try and be a little a little bit more prepared and better than than adam for our young listeners prepare them mm-hmm. for the world so i'm gonna go to tubi of course the greatest streaming service oh, in yeah. these united states and a movie i've been meaning to watch for years and years and i keep forgetting it a movie called marjo which is of course about the former child preacher marjo gortner which is an insane name nominally his first name apparently came from marion joseph although there's apparently controversy over that but i think that's the funniest version so i'll stick with it Uh, But I was first introduced to Marjo Gortner in a film I also highly recommend, Luigi Cosi's Star Crash. Can you imagine Star Wars if it was a porn parody, but they forgot to film any sex scenes? That's Star Crash. It's an insane movie, and Marjo Gortner... I believe plays a robot in it and he looks insane. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like he's, this is, he just looks like he genuinely came from another planet. And I found out he was a former child preacher who went into acting, who lost his faith and and did that. But in between that, he uh, in 1972 was in an Oscar winning. I think, I think it won an Oscar for best documentary uh, Marjo, which is basically just a great collection of footage of him basically going around to churches and preaching, basically earning his living, practicing the craft of being a preacher, intercut with him basically talking about how he does not believe any of this and how it is absolutely a business and it's something you work (laughs) on. And it's, um, if I would say it's maybe a little bit mean-spirited towards Southern Christians in a way that maybe you could say, oh, those liberals in California, I think there's an element of that in there. I think it is well worth it the the footage is fascinating and i think the concept of religion and american religion particularly having really is developed into a kind of an entertainment business into onto itself uh, it's full of really great footage it's a really interesting thing it's just you probably baptists and pentecostals uh would would absolutely despise it because it makes them look really stupid the scenes of them just like going over heavily pawed dollar bills and unfolding them to count them, which immediately put me in mind of like every documentary footage about stripping I've ever seen. Um, (laughs) It's like two cash businesses stripping like sex work and uh, Christians, cash industries. But
0: anyway, Mm Margeo on Tubi, it's well worth a look. Yeah, shout out Tubi. Uh, I'm going to put over a movie that I don't think I've ever put over, but it it should be put over every week. And that's uh, Bruno Mattei's Born to Fight. Uh, why is this a great movie it's not Uh, but it has two things that I I really like Uh, one it opens with our hero who's this like grizzled like ex military vet who dresses like crocodile Dundee and he literally takes a fucking snake and grabs the snake's mouth puts it on a fucking cup drips the venom into a cup and then just takes it like a shot which is honestly the coolest thing anyone's ever done and then the other thing is Bruno Matte uh he never focuses on things like composing shots or uh writing scripts or pacing or like a- anything like that uh but he does have a keen eye for the small little details that really matter like the aforementioned snake shot uh but also it's a movie about like this this Vietnam vet guy who has to like go back and and help some his friends escape who are still stuck in a in a Viet Cong prison or something and because having like a, a vietnamese general that doesn't seem evil enough so it, the, the the big bad is actually it's a blonde german nazi general who is in vietnam and just happens to be running this camp uh, which is fucking hilarious! Isn't so this just like? This
1: sounds like the most uh, derivative of Rambo two thing imaginable. It is. It is. Well, like, I mean, yeah.
0: this is like it, when when we talk about like the non exploitation movies of the nineteen eighties that were coming out of Italy. They were all just like variants on on Rambo two. So yeah, you've yeah. got the the blonde Nazi. I think it's uh, a Russian in, the, in the Rambo two. Yes, yeah. correct. A Russian correct. played by a Brit. Yeah, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's <laughs> international well, affair. Because it's Bruno Mattei and I I bet it's really expensive to shoot in Vietnam or, you know, anywhere like that. So where do you shoot a movie if you want to make it for nothing? The answer is the Philippines. So you've just got a bunch of Filipino guys running around too. it. Fucking kicks ass. Born to fight Bruno Mattei. Name a bad thing Bruno Mattei has ever done. I can't know, do it. That's because...
2: Plagiarism? You know. I believe that's <laughs> random. <laughs> Literally
1: stealing movies <laughs> other cool, people. Let me pull up IMDb. <laughs> Cruel guys, t- to be fair, uh,
2: though, you know, for all the plagiarism, he's also did use, yeah, John Williams' Star Wars score in a shark movie and somehow didn't go to prison. So, honestly, he's yeah. a cool dude.
0: Yeah, exactly. And people are just mad because, like, Rat's Night of Terror isn't very good. It's like, yeah, but he made fucking... <laughs> cruel jaws and night killer and shocking dark and robo war come the fuck on Yeah, uh, you know
1: just the genius hit after hit
0: hit after hit baby <laughs> all right well if you enjoyed the podcast today and uh whether you're uh, a young little whippersnapper looking for some old people to tell you what's cool or uh, a jaded person in your 30s or 40s who just hates your fucking life and you want to listen to us yammer about movies Good news. You can help support this podcast. And you can do that by going to the description and clicking on the link that takes you to our Patreon page. Now, if you donate any amount of money and become a patron of Optimism Vaccine, you'll get access to our super special patron-only feed, which features exclusive episodes, including a brand new episode where we recap 2023 horror films. Uh, Did not include Boogeyman, but you get a little boogie taste here of what that was like. and also if you become a uh, a patron of Optimism Vaccine and you live in the continental United States, I will send you a movie from my personal collection. I've got the 4K of Boogeyman. It's staring at me right now. Maybe I'll send that to you. Maybe oh, if you man, give right? me... Yeah, the Boogeyman. Yeah, Two, yeah 1980, not oh. 2005. Oh, no, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. But yeah, you could be an Optimism Vaccine boogie brother. That could come straight to your doorstep right there for you. Uh, also you know, in in addition to that, if you donate at a higher level, if you decide to become a true optimism vaccine supporter at that $5 and above level, then you get to vote uh, in patron polls for future episodes and you get your name right out on the air. Myros, who are five and above brothers right now?
1: We have Sisters. David, Evan, Ryan, Dustin, and Paul.
0: God bless each and every one of them. Now, if you really want to be an OV super fan, or if you just, you, there's something you really want us to cover that we haven't covered yet. You can donate $25 and that $25 uh, donation will allow you to choose a whole ass episode, anything you want. And I will say a patron episodes in the past have been some of my favorites. So uh, yeah, you guys pick good shit for us, but also if you want to pick some horrific shit, uh, that's fine too. We still have, Adam Myros anime month we gotta do that at some point so uh yeah make that boy watch some hentai anyways if you have any questions comments death threats marriage proposals optimismvaccine at gmail.com or you can find us at optimismvaccine on whatever social media you're on I guess maybe I don't know we're probably fucking there I don't know uh yeah but that's it we'll be back next week with uh contemporary cinema (laughs)